just strap up, get ready, yawn, take a deep breath, stretch, whatever you got to do. Because <laughs> I got a lot of stuff to say. I'm just kidding. I try to be silly, but it's terrible every time. So <clears throat> I'm still going to try just one day. Imagine this. Imagine receiving the news from the Lord that he was going to use a vicious, wicked, and fierce nation to judge ours. What would your reaction be? How would you respond to God? I've been praying for justice, Lord, to come. But Lord, this is the way you want it to happen? This is where the prophet Habakkuk finds himself. And we've talked about this. The, the first week we talked about Habakkuk and how he said, How long, O Lord, will this go on? How long will you sit idle and not do anything? And then the next lesson that we talked about was the Lord responds. And he comes back with a comment that he says, If you'll look in Habakkuk chapter 1, in verse 5, he says, Look among the nations and watch. Be utterly astounded, for I'll work a work in your days which you would not believe, though it were told you. <laughs> though it were told you, you wouldn't even believe it. And he goes on to talk about how the Chaldeans or the Babylonians were going to come in and take care of justice for him. The Lord responds in a way that is very confusing to Habakkuk, wouldn't you think? Very uh, misunderstood on how he thought God would answer. So as we begin, I want us to remember those things that we've talked about that have led us to this. What, what we can understand from this book and how this is a conversation, you remember... Habakkuk talking to God and God responding back. And now we'll look at verses 12 through 17. And what we'll see is the response from Habakkuk back. Let's read. Are you not from everlasting, O Lord my God, my Holy One? We shall not die. O Lord, you have appointed them for judgment, O rock. You have marked them for correction. You are of purer eyes than to behold evil and cannot look on wickedness. Why do you look on those who deal treacherously and hold your tongue when the wicked devours a person more righteous than he? Why do you make men like fish of the sea, like creeping things that have no ruler over them? They take up all of them with a hook they catch them in their net and gather them in their dragnet. Therefore, they rejoice and are glad. Therefore, they sacrifice to their net and burn incense to their dragnet because by them their share is sumptuous and the food plentiful. Shall they therefore empty their net and continue to slay nations without pity? Here's Habakkuk complaining to God that he was sitting idle. He says, aren't you going to do anything, Lord? And the Lord responds, and what happens? 
The first thing that I'd like for us to consider this evening is this thought. It's never good enough. It's never good enough. Here he was complaining, talking about how God was not going uh, to do what he needed to do, and then God answers. And then what does Habakkuk do back? Think about what he says in verse 12. He says, are you not from everlasting? Oh, Lord, my God, my Holy One, we shall not die. He says, you have appointed them for judgment. You mark them for correction. <laughs> Maybe I heard it wrong, right? Maybe I didn't hear what you said clearly. The Chaldeans are going to be the ones that are going to come in and they're the ones that are going to do judgment on your people. I don't think I heard that right. Surely not because you're of purer eyes than to behold evil. And you can't look at wickedness. Why do you look on those who deal treacherously and hold your tongue? Have you ever thought about that statement? And hold your tongue when the wicked devours, verse 13. When the wicked devours a person that is more righteous than he. Wow, that's pretty bold, isn't it? You know, we talked about the concept of we do need to take our complaints and our problems and our frustrations to the Lord. Amen? We need to take it to Him when we're unsure and we're not really understanding what's going on. God tells Habakkuk that He is about to act. And what does Habakkuk do? He complains about the way God is going to do it. Have you ever been there? It's never good enough. Isn't that how we do with when we was young and, and our parents would come in and discipline us and we'd complain about this situation and then they'd fix it and we'd say, no, 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 no. This is what I was wanting you to do. Libby's already catching on to that trying to manipulate this. No, no, that's not the way I wanted you to correct it. I wanted you to correct it like this. Well, we're not doing it like that, right? We don't like how something is going and then we pray to God, right? We don't understand what's happening and we have this, uh, this attitude or this confusion or maybe we're upset with God, right? There's some changes that start getting made in that situation, you know, you ever had that? You start praying, nothing's happening, and then all of a sudden something starts happening, right? But that's not the way that I needed it to happen. See, it's not how I needed that situation to go because God already got this list of how it needs to go. And if you'll just stick by my, what do they call that when you come and you get your... Uh, uh, at the beginning of camp or something, they give you that sheet. What's it called? The, the rundown. Huh? The itinerary. Lord, I've got this itinerary for you. And if you'll just stick right to it, everything will be just fine. Appreciate it. Love you. In Jesus' name. Right? But what happens? 
It doesn't go exactly like we need it to. Hey, we can, we can act like this doesn't happen, but this is as much as I've ever said it, real talk right here. Something changes and it's not like we need it to, so what do we do? We continue to, to complain. But now what's happened is an even better thing. Now we don't complain about that old situation. Now we move to the new situation, right? I asked for this and now this, this situation is moving and it's not the way I need it to. So now I'm going to complain about this movement that's happening. Habakkuk was complaining that he was doing nothing. And now he's complaining how God is working. Man, I got to raise my hand and say I'm guilty of that. I got to raise my hand and say that I've fallen into that category. What an application for us today, amen? We need to make sure this, and hear this one. We need to make sure that we don't become professional complainers. We need to make sure that we don't find pleasure in being a complainer. This one hits me hard. How about you? This one hits me right in the heart. Because I find myself so many times, I'll openly admit it, I, it doesn't bother me. I'm, like I said before, I've been washed by the blood of the Lamb, and I don't claim to be perfect, and I never will. And I'll always show myself very transparent because you want to know why? That's the only way I'm going to get better. I find myself complaining about all kinds of things. Why? I ask God to help me out. I ask God to fix this situation. And then I see this movement happening, but it's never good enough. I just move on to the, yeah, I appreciate you answering that. But what about this? But what about this? What about this? I got 17 things, Lord, that you ain't even hit yet. Now, with all that being said, God wants us to take our complaints to him. Do you remember Jeremiah chapter 12, verse 1? It says, righteous are you, O Lord, when I plead with you. Some translations actually say in the Greek there uh, talks about the concept of complaining to you. Righteous are you, O Lord, when I complain to you. Yet let me talk with you about your judgments. Why does the way of the wicked prosper, Jeremiah says? Why are those happy who deal so treacherously? What an honest thought. Are we supposed to take our complaints and our, our frustrations to the Lord? Yes, absolutely. But when does it become an obsession? When does it become something that we're just so good at, we always do it all the time? we got to ask ourselves a couple questions. Are we one that can never be happy? Are we happy to be God's child? Do we always have to have criticism about our life and how it should be? 
Brethren, here's the deal. When we become like the children of Israel in the wilderness, we've crossed the line. Amen? We've crossed the line. Here they were led out of Egypt. They complained and cried out to the Lord. And the Lord says, I've heard my people and I'm going to save them. And then as soon as they get over on the other side of the Red Sea, what do they say? It'd be better for us to be back in Egypt. Now how encouraging is that for Moses? How encouraging is that for somebody who is trying to lead a million people? Is it good enough? Habakkuk's confused. He doesn't understand why the Babylonians are going to come in and they're going to take over his people. Look at what he says in verse 12. He says, we shall not die. What else can we consider from this? The second thing is this, utter disbelief. I want you to focus in for just a few minutes on verses 14, 15, 16, and 17. I, I'm building up to something, so just kind of hang with me for just a second. Let me read this one more time. And look at how he illustrates this, this frustration. He says, Lord, why do you make men like fish of the sea? Like creeping things that have no ruler over them. These Babylonians, these, these wicked men, here's what they're going to do. They're going to take up all of them with the hook. They're going to catch them in their net and gather them in their dragnet. And therefore, they're going to rejoice and be glad. And you're going to let that happen? Are you kidding me? Therefore, they sacrifice to their net and burn incense to their dragnet because by them their share is sumptuous. See, here's another frustration that he's having. They're not even going to give the glory to God. God is allowing these Babylonians to come in, these Chaldeans to come in to an absolute judgment on his people and they're not even going to give him the glory. They're going to put their glory in the nets. They're going to put their glory in the dragnet. They're going to be glad about what they did. And their food, in verse 16, it says, plentiful. But verse 17, it says this, Shall they therefore empty their net and continue to slay nations without pity? You're just going to let this continue to go? Isn't that how it happens in our... Isn't that how it happens sometimes? We ask God something. And he doesn't answer it the way we need him to answer it. So we begin to get frustrated. And then what happens when it continues to not be answered like we need it to, to do, what do we do? Our mind starts wandering, don't it, brethren? Well, maybe God doesn't love me as much as he said he did. Maybe God isn't there for me like he said he was supposed to be. Here I am crying out to you, Lord, and where are you at? I'm struggling right now. I need some help right now. You're just going to let this continue? You're just going to let this keep going on and on and on? What a dangerous place Habakkuk is at. (coughs) 
Why do you make men like fish and they ain't got no ruler over them? You know your people are your people. You're making it like you're not even caring about them. Isn't that where we go sometimes, brethren? In the deepest struggles of our lives? Let's just be honest for a second. Let's just be honest and then we're going to go about our business. But let's just be honest for just a second. When we're thinking about our relationship with God, how much do we believe in him? Oh, we believe in him when we get the prayer answered. But what about when it doesn't go our way? Have we prepared for that one? Have we prepared for that thought? See, the Lord is absolutely about to do something. The Lord is absolutely about to deal with something. Brethren, have we ever been this way in our spiritual walk? You remember Peter when Jesus talked about he was going to be betrayed? When he talked about that he was going to be arrested and he was going to be killed? Jesus talks about these things. You remember what Peter does? I love Peter. You remember what he does in Matthew chapter 16, verse 22? He says, Jesus, uh, could you come here for a second? I, I need to talk to you. I need to pull you to the side for a minute. Peter takes the Lord to the side and he begins to rebuke him. He says, far be it from you, Lord. This shall not happen to you. You remember Jesus' response to that? Get behind me, Satan. What was Peter trying to do? He was trying, he had his itinerary. I'm not going to let that happen to you, Lord. What does he go on to tell Peter? Before the, the, the rooster crows, right? Three times, you're going to deny me. You're not going to stand up for me. You're going to pretend like you don't even know me. Now, what does that show us in our lives? When we think that we know it, we really don't, do we? When we think that we can control the narrative, when we think that we know how God's working and what he's going to do, we find ourselves setting ourselves up for frustration, for anger, for madness. Because we don't understand why he didn't answer it that way. Does everything have to happen exactly like we think it's supposed to for us to have the right trust in God? Think about that. Lord, see, it isn't right what you're doing. Let me get you straight real quick. You were close, Lord, but you're not quite there yet. This causes us, and listen to this, it causes us to live a life of disbelief because we can't imagine God working in times that don't make sense. Did, did you hear that? We begin to have this false narrative in our mind and we start to have this distrust in God because when the prayer doesn't get answered, all of a sudden we think, wait a minute. You hadn't heard my prayer, Lord. What's happening right now, Lord? 
I don't know what, I, I thought this was going to get fixed and it's not getting fixed. Like I, I don't understand, Lord. Now my trust that I had in God because he's a good God and I love him. Our God is an awesome God. He reigns from heaven above. All of those times where I'm singing these highs, all of a sudden I begin to say, you know what? I don't know about you <laughs> when it comes to me. I see all the brethren getting blessed. I see all of these other wicked people getting blessed, but here I am. Oh, I've been in that spot. Have you? I've been in that spot. I've went outside the factory when the machine wouldn't run. Been there 30 days. Tired, wore out, frustrated. Where are you at? I don't hear you. I don't see you. Where are you at? I got to go back in here and work, knowing I got to be here next week, knowing that nobody in here cares. They're doing their job halfway, and I'm praying to you, Lord, and you ain't showed up. If you'll just follow my itinerary, you'll get it right, and I can get out of here. I wasn't a Christian when I started praying for that. But I prayed for about 10 years. <laughs> 10 years to get out of there. But brethren, I'm out of there. I'm out of there. But you want to know what the blessing is from those 10 years that I got to affect people's lives by me growing into what I'm supposed to be. I'm growing into the image of God. And because I had a good attitude when they didn't, because I cleaned up when they didn't want to, when I stayed after when people were just backstabbing and talking terrible about me, you want to know what happened in that moment? I shined light. God needed me there. Is it never good enough? Do you sit and pray in utter disbelief? We have to remember this, brethren. We're the clay, not the potter. Amen? And he will mold you and shape you into something that you never thought you'd be. But you got to let him. You got to trust him. Even in the worst situations. Our prayers should be our concerns and our anxieties and our struggles but they always should be with this understanding, if it be your will. Amen? 
Now that's the God we serve. Because now I put it into perspective. See, if he doesn't answer my prayer, I'm not going to fall into this disbelief. Oh, man. I didn't even want to go here, but I'm pouring my heart out to you for just a second. I hope that you're all right with that. Patriots probably going to win anyway. I prayed and prayed and got on my knees. Had oil all over me. Tough times. Real times. But you know what happened? God pulled through. You know what happens when the Babylonians come in? Derek just talked about it over at Richland. We start hearing about some really strong, faithful guys. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. We start hearing about Daniel and the lion's den. We start hearing about some soldiers for God in tough times. And then we hear about them coming back and we hear about Nehemiah and Ezra. And here's Nehemiah building a wall and he's got a sword in his hand. In tough times. Our prayers and our our concerns and our anxieties and our struggles should always be lifted up. He wants that. But it's always with the understanding. God you know the best for me. And no matter what it is, no matter what it is, I'm rolling with you. You know, here's Habakkuk. And he's struggling. He's struggling to understand this. But here's where the less, here's where the book changes. It's my favorite. Here it is again. My favorite scriptures right here. Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 1. Look at this. He just comes off verse 17 saying, Shall they therefore empty their net and continue to slay nations without pity? That's what you're going to do? And he finishes his statement and here's what he says. I'm going to stand my watch and set myself on the rampart and watch and see what he will say to me. And look at this last one. And what I will answer when I am corrected. <laughs> you think you know what you're talking about, but wait till the Lord speaks. How about that? He already knows what's about to happen. He says, I'm going to wait and I'm going to watch and I'm going to see what he's going to say to me. And then he adds this, and what I will answer when I get corrected. <laughs> Brethren, are we waiting on the Lord? Here is Habakkuk. And he's just gone off about how God is going to judge his people. But what we see in this verse is the prophet remaining humble. He brings it back. 
He talks about standing at this watchtower and waiting to see what God's going to say to him and how he's going to correct his thoughts. Think about that application. Our ways are not his ways. Our thoughts are not his thoughts. He loves us and he cares for us and he takes care of us. We just have to trust him with everything we got. Amen? It was the whole lesson this morning, that confidence that Paul had. He says we're hard-pressed. We're hard-pressed, but we're not crushed, right? Habakkuk is about to anxiously wait for the Lord's response, but he doesn't give up on God. He doesn't walk away from God. Even when God gives him the answer he doesn't like because he already knows it's going to be something that he needs to be corrected on. He says he'll stand his watch. He's going to wait and see what the Lord does. You remember what James chapter 5 verse 16 talks about? You remember the prayer of the righteous avails much? In the moment where you don't know what's going on, in the moment where you're not sure what's happening, in the moment that you're anxious and you're nervous and you're sad and you're mad, keep lifting it up. Keep talking to him. Keep praying to him. Because the prayer of the righteous is powerful and it's effective. <laughs> the faithful patiently wait on the Lord. Amen. Habakkuk is left with a difficult question. I'm excited about this ending, so just hear me out on it, all right? I set this up really good, I hope. Kind of like a cliffhanger, right? Habakkuk is left with a difficult question. How can God take care of his people when he's about to destroy them? And you know what, brethren? We'll take a look at that answer next week. <laughs> Part two, baby. Brethren, here's what I want to say, and I, 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 I'm not going to apologize. The elders get on me every time I do it, but I'm sincere in what I want to tell you. I'm, I'm sincere with my emotions. I, I, there's no fakeness in what I'm talking about. I come from a place where you don't cry, where you don't get emotional, you don't do those things. And here I am all the time finding myself weeping. But the reason why is because I realize somebody loved me for real and cared enough to make a way for me to be found precious, to be found right, to be able to be an ambassador. Maybe you're here today and you're struggling. Wait on the Lord. Don't continue to let complaining take your life over. Be patient and wait and see what happens. Let that waiting time be enough for now because you know God's working. 
Maybe you're here today and you're struggling that. Maybe you're struggling in, in trusting him. Maybe you're struggling in your prayer life. We can pray with you. I appreciate Bobby coming forward this morning. Like I said, I mean, hearts is, uh, is working in here, man. Creating me a clean heart, Lord. But maybe you're here today and you're not a Christian. Please, friend, it's real. Judgment's coming. Jesus wants to say, come in and see what I got prepared for you. He said, if you believe in me and you're baptized, you will be saved. Sins washed away, added to the family. If you need to obey the gospel, if you need prayers, brethren, have a great week. You guys are awesome. God's people, man. Most prettiest people I've ever seen. Sorry I take you down a notch, but whatever you need, come right now together we stand and sing.